0: I recently went out to Arizona for a leadership conference where I'd be speaking on the very last day on a topic that I've become pretty accustomed to speaking on, which is vision. And it's not just this, oh, yeah, make a vision board kind of vision, but this kind of vision and action that actually gets you to that vision. Because how often do you create this really pretty vision board or write down all the things you want to accomplish, and you even start to build the life that you think is going to get you there, but you end up off track? But before I took the stage for one of the most elite audience I've spoken in front of, these were industry leaders, I started to realize that I actually had this process that I utilized to prepare for my speeches. I've spoken in front of over 10,000 people and in rooms as small as 10 people, but this particular talk was the one I'd been dreaming about giving industry leaders all in one place where I can shed truth on the reality that success isn't about a number next to your name, but about whether you're living out the vision you casted for your life a long time ago. And if you're not, how can we have that come to Jesus moment to pivot and get back on track to that dream? So I digress. That's i just obviously passionate about talking about this. But today, I'm sharing what that actual process was for prepping for the speech. I took notes and I paid close attention to the month leading up to this talk because I thought there must be people out there who have speaking gigs and engagements or want to get into speaking for their part of their business model. What do you do to get to where you want to go? So what did I do to write it and practice it? How often did I go through it? What did I do to physically prepare to be on stage? What did I do to emotionally and mentally prep for this speech? And what did the day before look like? What did the day of look like? I'm walking you through my personal strategy to delivering a speech with confidence. And I want to remind you, it is a personal strategy. This is what worked for me. I would recommend some of these things to everyone. I would say for other things that don't sound like your type of thing, find what works for you. But the goal is to be able to deliver a speech with confidence and to step onto that stage knowing that you've done everything possible to prepare. Okay, let's get to the show. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something and you want to be known for it too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. I'm going to walk you through the four categories that I kind of broke this down into the, the practice process. So like actually crafting your speech and then practicing it and bringing it to life, what that looks like, the physical prep behind writing a speech and delivering a really great speech with confidence the mental prep that goes behind it, like the emotional side of it too. And then what the day before and day of actually look like. Because for me, those were kind of the different categories. When I wrote all this down and I kind of gathered all this information, that's what I was looking at. So when I step into that practice process, obviously the first thing I need to do is have a speech to practice. But I like to start with the end in mind. And I want to know who the audience is that I'm speaking to and what they need from me. Sometimes they're going to come to you and say, hey, we need you to speak on this. And maybe that makes it a little easier to identify what your message is generally going to be about. But for others, it's like, we just want you to speak and we want you to bring your fire and whatever's on your heart at that time. So the first step for me is really understanding who I'm speaking to because that matters. So I start to research. That's where I begin. I don't even go into prepping my speech yet. I want to research who I'm speaking to, if it's a company or an organization, like what do they represent? What are their core values? What are their people like? What are their people need to hear? Like maybe I'll interview some of the people on staff that are putting on the event. And maybe I'll interview some people that could ultimately end up in the audience and say, hey, what have you and your team been craving? What is this organization looking for? Like, what are they in need of? And I kind of do that research work to know both what they need and who they are. Because when I take the stage, I don't want to, I want to be able to personalize what I'm delivering to the audience. So I want to know a little bit of their lingo. I want to know some of their pain points. I want to know some of their goals and their dreams and their visions. And that helps me to know what to bring to them that day. Then I can go into the outlining phase of figuring out what I'm actually going to put into this talk. And that starts my physical process of writing. And I like to do it pen in my hand on a piece of paper, because that's how my brain works best. There's something about having a screen in front of me that can be distracting. If I have tabs open or if notifications are on and things are popping up, like it gets me out of my headspace. So I like to use a notebook first. I don't stay there the whole time, but I start with a notebook and I want to brain dump. I have to have an idea of how long this talk is going to be. Sometimes they put limitations on it. This particular one I was doing was 20 minutes. So, and I find 20 minutes to be the hardest one. I know that's like the attention span that people generally have for a a speech, but I could talk about something for five hours without having to like overly plan. There's something about 20 minutes I have to condense everything down. So that's what I was working with. And I just brain dump on this paper, all the ideas that start to come to mind about the topic that I'm going to be speaking on. Nothing is off the table. I start to imagine and visualize funny that I did a talk on vision, but I was, I start to visualize the end result that I want to have. Like, do I picture them feeling some kind of emotion at the end or taking some call to action? Are they excited? Are they in a standing ovation cheering? Like, what is it that I want them to feel at the end? What's the ultimate message and the point that I want to drive home? And I think about that first. And then I start to brain dump all the things that come to mind and. I don't have any limitations to this. So I want story ideas to come onto the paper because I like to give my talks through story. I want the takeaways and the tangible things that I might be teaching them to end up on that paper. I just want it all there because I'm going to eventually whittle it down to what it needs to be and craft it into this 20 minute talk. But I need to have everything out of my head and on that paper and then I can pull from it. So I start that outlining process. Always thinking about how I want them to feel throughout the talk, how I want to end that talk. And then I want to always keep in mind who I am. Like, what's my personal message? What do I believe? What do I represent? What do I want to take that stage and represent that day? Like, what do I want them to know about me and what I'm delivering and why that's so important and why I stand by that? Are there principles or values that are going to be woven into this speech so that they know exactly who elizabeth hartke is when she gets off the stage and know exactly who you are when you get off that stage and they they resonate with that so what is my message what do i personally believe then i start to actually put it into some form of a talk and i this is where i kind of shift over to a computer okay so or a typewriter if you're old school But I want to start to outline it. So I take that brain dump, I put it into a Google Doc, and then I start to break it down into sections. Like if I'm teaching something specific with takeaways, like what are my teaching points that I'm going through? But this one was a little bit more fluid and there was a lot of stories. So my outline was guided by the key stories that I was sharing throughout that taught a lesson or that kind of spoke to an experience that might be familiar to them. After I've created that outline, I want to keep in mind throughout the process what I want my cadence to be. And what I mean by that is the pace of my talk, the speed, the melody in my voice. Where does my tone change? And I'm looking at this outline and I'm thinking about where I want these punches to be throughout. Like, where do I want them to feel something in their gut? And where do I want them to get goosebumps? And where do I want them to have this emotion or have this like moment where they're looking inward and my story becomes their story. So there's this cadence to giving a talk where it's not just flatlined. It's not all just sharing a story and and dictating, giving data. There's so much more to it. And I also want to keep in mind what my pinnacle is, because for me, when I do this process with other talks that I've seen that are similar in length and style, that spoke to me. Like I'll pull up some Ted talks. Those are usually about 20 minutes and I'll be like, okay, I loved how this one had this pinnacle. Like they built up to this moment that I felt something like that was like, the peak of this whole performance. It doesn't have to be at the very end. It could be somewhere in the middle. It could be a third of the way through or towards the end, but not at the very end. And I want to think about what story or moment in my talk is going to be that pinnacle. And that goes into my outline. I might highlight it and make sure that I know to emphasize it and my tone will change and my speed will change. And maybe I'll speak more quietly or maybe I'll speak more boldly or I'll step up to the front of the stage versus standing towards the back. So Then I take it from this Google Doc and I want it, this this is, again, my process, I'm crazy. But when I want to truly prepare, this is what I do. So then I write it out in full, like as though I'm saying it aloud, but I'm writing it on paper. This is the most timely part and not what, I don't think everybody does this. I do this because I think in words on paper more than I think in them coming out of my mouth. And if I can write down this talk, how I would actually say it, I can start to hear myself saying it in my head. And it really helps me to like solidify it, to remember it, to master it, and to hear whether it would have those moments and pack those punches that I think it would when I'm typing it. Then I take it from the written form and I want it on note cards. So still, these are not the note cards that I would use if I were taking them on stage. These are the note cards that are just going to help me through the practice process. They have way more words than I would typically include on, a, on you know, cues and they're really robust, but it helps me to have it written because I'm visual. So when I'm practicing in my house and I'm looking at these note cards and I see the phrases that I really want to include, I practice them over and over and I see them written. And then eventually I can take them off the note card because they just become a part of the talk. But in the beginning, they're there. And when I start to actually practice, we have a gym down in the basement. And there's a whole wall of mirrors. I like to practice in front of the mirror because one of the things that I often forget to do when I'm giving a talk is smile. And this is so important because right now I'm I'm smiling when I'm talking to you. It's not creepy, I swear. And it changes the tone of my voice. It changes my body language. It changes how the people receiving the message will feel. Even though you guys can't see me, it's different when I have a smile on my face. So I want to practice smiling, as silly as that sounds, because they need to see me smiling at the right times in the talk. I don't want to, you know, you can be monotone in, the vo- in your voice. You could be monotone in your facial expressions, and that's just as bad. So I'm practicing in the mirror, and that helps me. And I'm going to get to the physical part of the speech prep, but like the physicality of the actual speech is so important. It's so important that I know how my body's moving. Am I doing any weird things that I'm like, oh, why am I walking like that? Like, I got to change that. I can see myself in the mirror. And I can start to get comfortable with how I'm moving. And I want to practice the actual talk, but I also want to practice that physicality of the speech. And this is helping me in those moments that I want to really drive a point home or make someone feel something. Maybe I'm stopping and crouching down a little and leaning forward, or if I'm talking about Vision and like where my vision is going. I'm maybe talking more quickly and more upbeat, and I'm walking in a certain direction. And I'm pointing up towards, you know, an upper corner in the room, and it's giving this visualization of like moving into the future. So I start to practice those moves. I also like to practice with the shoes that I'm going to wear because I've made the mistake of wearing pumps on stage and I don't walk well in pumps, and it totally jacked with the physicality of my speech. Body language is. About as important as your actual verbiage, your language, the sounds coming out of your mouth. Like the way you move your body and utilize your body can enhance a speech so dramatically. There's been studies that show that a message can be portrayed without any words at all. And that's where you can imagine like the extra oomph that you can add to your points when you're using your body and using your hands. And I'm also Italian, so I talk with my hands naturally. I'm literally talking with my hands right now as we speak. And sometimes it can be too much. Thank God they don't ever give me like a physical handheld mic. It's always the one of my, like the little one, they hook up around your ear to your mouth because I would probably knock myself out with an actual mic. But I use my hands a lot. I'm holding a clicker so I can go through my slides. Like I need to kind of see and rein it in if I'm getting a little too Italian on them and, and practice that. So then after I have it in its entirety on those note cards, it's time to kind of shorten the note cards down to bullets because now I remember the things that I want to say, like the meat and potatoes between the points and the funny phrases or the thoughts or the jokes or whatever I'm talking about. I can shorten it down to just the bullets that will remind me and be kind of these keywords or phrases that if I glance down for a single second, that I can picture that word and it sends me right into the, the message I want to make. The other thing is sometimes when I'm not even using note cards, I can still picture them in my head. So it's important to have them in this practicing part, even if ultimately you're ditching them, because you're gonna be able to picture that word on the note card, even though you're not holding it, and it'll help you go right into your talk. And speaking of going into something, transitions. Think about your transitions. Like if you're shifting from a slide to another slide, what's your transition in there? If you're moving from you talking into a video, and then after the video, what are you saying? So understanding what your transitions are going to be. And that's going to help you remember kind of the blocks throughout your speech. For me, this practice process is about a two-week process. So I've written the speech before the two weeks. I have it down to the shortened bullets by two weeks out from the talk. And that allows me to have two solid weeks of practicing without having to cram. Like it allows me to two or three times a day, just find a little bit of time to practice this not as a stressful thing, but just as a part of my everyday. So it just becomes natural to me and something that I'm not worried about. I'm just doing this in a non-stressed way. And I mentioned this already a little bit, but watching how other speakers that you admire, how they do it, what are the things about their presentations and their speeches that you're like, oh, I love how they did that. Or I love how they looked when they wore that. Or that is so unique to them. Like, I want to find something really unique to me that's true to who I am. So take those little tips and the things that catch your eye when you're watching someone else or catch your ear, and you can make something like that your own because you don't want to have this flat talk. You don't want to be so focused on memorizing a speech that you get up on stage and you have these nerves around Oh gosh, I hope I memorized it. I hope I remember every last word. And if I don't, I don't know how to wing it and go off and kind of riff a little bit because I'm just trying to stay on this track. And if I get off the track, then I won't remember how to get back on. You want this to flow. Like, yes, I'm practicing, but by the end of it, I can kind of take it in multiple different directions. And if I do, I know where generally I'm bringing it back to. There's also physical prep that goes into giving a really good, physical, energized, awesome speech that people are going to remember. Because I like to treat it like a like an athletic event because it kind of is. Like when you have adrenaline coursing through your body, you've probably experienced before. Like let's say someone jumps out and scares you. Do you start kind of breathing really heavy even though you didn't do anything physically? Like your body reacts to your nerves and your emotions. So your breathing is really tough to catch your breath when you're super, super nervous. And when you take a stage and the lights are on you and the people are there and you're thinking about, I hope I deliver this amazing talk, you wanna make sure that you're physically prepared. And there's this level of endurance that goes with it so that your breathing isn't distracting you or making it distracting to the audience to listen to you and making it really hard to get your physically get your message out. So I think about it like, an endurance event coming up for me. And I'm eating, uh, this is something I live by anyway. And this is why like, if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're stepping into the speaking category and getting on stages, this is something that should just be like a way of life. I'm gonna go off on a riff, a little tangent, but it's necessary. One of the reasons that one of my main pillars when I'm coaching someone, even a high achiever, who's like found massive amounts of success in their lives, one of the main pillars or the silos that we focus on so heavily is their health, is their level of endurance, is their energy level. Because if you're neglecting this area of your life because you think it's more important to invest in your business growth, in your mindset alone without focusing on your health, it is going to bite you in the butt. It is going to limit you. Limit your ability to produce, limit your ability to succeed and to step into the market as an authority, respected authority figure. And it has nothing to do with weight and it has everything to do with your brain capacity, your energy that you bring to the table, your ability to create, your level of enthusiasm and the confidence that you have behind you. So I am eating clean. Again, this is something I'm like, my goal is to be doing this all the time, but especially the month or so leading up to to an important speech to me, I am eating so clean. And when I say clean, I mean I'm shopping the outer perimeter of the grocery store. I am buying organic. I'm not letting preservatives into my body within reason because I want to be operating at the highest possible level. I am hydrating like a mad, mad woman. I usually finish my first gallon, yes, my first gallon of water by 1 p.m. That's my goal. And I don't even really have to push for it because it's become such a habit for me, especially for a talk. You want to be like over hydrating. I also am doing endurance workouts. I love to lift and I still lift, but I wanna make sure that I'm doing high intensity interval training or cardio. I'm building stamina. I'm getting my heart rate up so that when my heart rate is up and I'm on stage, I'm not breathing like I have an elephant sitting on my chest because that will affect the quality of your talk. And a speech is a physical thing. So practice your movement on stage and the energy you wanna convey through that movement. Like we talked about body language is so important. And it does come down to a confidence thing too. I've done a talk before. It was in front of 8,000 people. I was one month postpartum after my first baby. I was zero confident, zero level of confidence in my body. And it was affecting my mind because I was in this brand new body that I didn't understand yet. And it was jacking with my brain. Like I was on that state. I was exhausted. I hadn't been doing this physical stuff to take care of myself. And I'm not saying I should have been different physically because I was one month postpartum for the love of God. I was like, luckily I was still standing. But my point is that that health and that energy and that body and all those things, it can affect your confidence and confidence is king in the land of public speaking. You also want to Pick the moments that in your speech that you want to be more physical and make sure that your body is prepared for that. Like if you're planning on wearing pumps, but you want to do this crazy jump in the middle of your talk, eh, I don't know if it's going to align. I saw the speaker, Dan Thurman, he spoke at the same event I was speaking at. He literally, he kicked off his speech doing a double back handspring or something crazy like that or some, I don't know. Then he went up to the podium, grabbed it with his hands and went into a handstand On the podium, fully pressed up and held it there. He also was juggling knives on stage while walking across the stage while giving a speech. I mean, this guy was the most physically prepared speaker I've ever seen in my life. And I can guarantee you it's because he trained for that. He trained hard for that. So make sure that you're getting your body ready. Don't be afraid to go hard leading up to this. Don't limit yourself in what you are capable of physically and don't forget that this will affect you. And also don't start this two weeks before your talk where you just start like going crazy and doing these workouts so that by the time you talk, you're like stiff as a board because you're so sore and you've injured yourself. That's not what you want either. So the mental prep going into it. I already said this, but confidence really is king. Like you've got to get yourself to this place where you are so confident, like you're wearing what is you you are speaking in a way that is true to you like when you try to look at other people's talks and just emulate them and be them you're not going to be confident on stage because it's not you so how can you figure out and be so centered in who you are and what you want to bring to this audience and what your message is and the value add you have for these people and develop this confidence and i'm not i don't have a time frame that you should start like that should start yesterday because that's something you should just be doing for yourself anyway developing that confidence and let me tell you there are plenty of times including this last talk like i have those moments where that wavers what are they going to think and i start getting into their head and that's where it's a dangerous place to be because i don't know what's actually going on in their head i need to focus on what's going on in my head and one of the things and strategies that i like to teach people is to collect evidence This is something I do after every talk and pull prior to every talk where I have evidence, literally like this little folder on my computer of screenshots of things people have sent to me that are saying what a great job I did at a previous talk or how much a podcast episode inspired them to make some incredible change in their lives or how my mentorship helped them with X, Y, Z. It's just evidence that I am capable evidence that i've figured it out before evidence that i've made an impact and i'm going to do it again so collect that evidence after this last talk this folder has doubled in size i have screenshots of kind things people sent to me via text message and email i have pictures of instagram stories of people sharing my speech and and the kind things that they said about it or the impact that it made on them i took copies of posts that people put on social media speaking directly about the vision talk that I gave, like this is my evidence. So in those moments of weakness, in those moments where I'm doubting myself, in those moments where I'm looking at the images from the event and just focusing on how I could have looked better in those clothes, I pull up this evidence and I remind myself that I came there to do a job and that I did it and I did it well and I'm going to do it well again the next time there has to be this level of affirming yourself through this process because you're human and i don't know if i'll ever take the stage without beads of sweat in my palms and i don't know if i'll ever take a stage without a little bit of questioning whether i will deliver at my full potential but i know that i will continue to collect that evidence so that when i have those moments where i am making those questions of myself i can pull it and i can i can lean on it so let's talk about the day before the speech so Couple quick tips day before. Low sodium. I've made this mistake before. Or, you know, the people hosting me took me out to dinner the night before at a restaurant, and I got some meal that was like just something that was standardly chocked full of sodium. And I was legit a puffball the next day when I had to deliver the speech. I'm super sensitive to that. So my hands were puffy. My face was puffy. I had bags under my eyes that I don't normally have. Like, don't do it to yourself. Also, don't drink the day before a talk, I mean, you can do what you want, but I highly advise against it. It dehydrates you. And you know how miserable it is to be in the audience listening to a speaker who has dry mouth where they're like, and you can hear it. It's terrible. Drinking the night before you'll feel like crap the next day, especially if you have a speech earlier in the day. Like I just, I can't recommend it enough. Avoid alcohol, avoid processed sugar and processed foods that is going to affect your body. It's going to affect whether you feel puffy. It's going to affect your brain. Okay, let me just rant real quick. Frickin' sugar is a neurotoxin. It is a poison you are putting into your body that is going into your brain and affecting how it operates. In In this most simple description, that's what it's doing. Do you want your brain to be anything but clear? The day that you're delivering a talk, a speech, a speech that can advance your career, that can impact lives, that remind you why you showed up and you're doing this in the first place. I mean, just stay away from frickin' sugar. Have some fruit if you need something sweet. Make yourself a healthy smoothie. Do something like that. So no alcohol, no like processed sodium salts. Stay away from processed foods in general. Drink lots of water. Hydration can't, like a lot of people be like, I drank a gallon the morning of my talk. It's like, great, you're gonna have to pee the whole talk. Hydration is something that can kind of build up like over time. You wanna be hydrating yourself well the week before, but especially the day before. Don't worry about having to get up and pee in the middle of the night. You wanna have a lot of hydration in your body. It is going to be something really positive for you on the day of a speech. And get a good workout in. Not one that will have you Limping across stage because you're so sore, but one that gets that adrenaline out, gets that cortisol out of your body, and be energized and feeling good when you take the stage the next day. Okay, it's the day, the day of the big talk. What does the day look like? Well, I'll tell you what my day looked like, and I would do it this way again. So I got okay. I was about to say I got a good night's rest. That's a lie. I had nerves, like hella nerves. And I was up for the day at like 250. Don't recommend that. There was also a big time change that I was dealing with. So it was really like 450 my time. So not so bad. But here's what I'd say about that. I still stayed in bed and I rested and kept the lights off and like didn't want to mess with my sleep cycle. So I might've dozed off a little. I don't know. If you can get a full night's rest, do it. But I got up early and And I did an intense cardio workout, but my body, keep in mind, had been preparing for this. I didn't just show up the day of and decide to do an intense cardio workout that I had never done before. And what this does is like loads your lungs with oxygen. When you're giving a talk, you want a lot of oxygen in those lungs. Like you want to be able to breathe deep and breathe well. And I will say this talk, I, I don't know if it was the first time, but like it was possibly the first time that I at least remember having zero trouble breathing like i wasn't short of breath from nerves nothing like i felt really really good on stage and then i take a shower and this is something that i you know if you're trying to go like all out on this thing i would recommend either a cold shower or an ice bath because that helps to reduce inflammation it wakes you up gives you incredible energy and just gets your body like in a state of go right from the beginning And I actually was feeling pretty puffy because I thought I was eating low-sodium, but the meal that I ate the night before, it's like I eat so clean that almost the littlest things kind of mess with me. So there was actually a cold plunge pool at the hotel in the spa. Shout out to the Fairmont Princess Scottsdale, Arizona. Amazing resort, and I highly recommend it, but they have a cold plunge pool. So I went in there for like five or ten minutes, and I just felt all the inflammation come out. So for breakfast, I do light meals throughout the day of a talk. So keep in mind, this particular talk was at 5 p.m. ish. So I had quite a bit of time throughout the day. So for breakfast, I did a very nutrient-dense shake. I've been doing the same one for like eight years. And if you ever want information on that, you're always welcome to reach out. But get a lot of nutrients in in the morning. Get some vegetables into a shake or into your meal. I do no grain and no like bacon, especially when I'm at a hotel. Like I want bacon so bad I didn't do bacon. That's very high in sodium. And I will tell you, most bacon, you don't even want to know how it's pro, like, you don't even want to know how that thing is processed. So, putting that into your body, I can feel like you, you know, you picture the gears turning in a brain, like in a cartoon brain. I can see the gears like snowing and the bacon fat being stuck in them. And that's a legit thing for me. Like I love when my husband makes bacon. We live in Wisconsin, you get like bacon fresh off the farm. And then I need a nap after every single time. So no bacon. And then I did a little bit like later in the morning, I did eggs and some veggies. And then I just eat light and clean throughout the whole day, like fruits, vegetables, things that don't make me feel bloated or overly full. I don't want to be super full. But before the actual talk, I don't eat within an hour of the talk. And when I do eat, I just it's super light because you don't want to be like burping through your talk or feeling nauseous or having something like repeat on you when you're super nervous and your stomach is turning. Take my word for it. And then in the two hours leading up to it, I eat for the last time. And like I said, my talk was at five. By then I had had well over a gallon of water, so I wasn't fighting the dry mouth the whole time. And on the day of, I went through my talk twice, once early in the morning with no cards, and then once right before, like an hour before, with my cards, because I told you I'm visual. So the morning was collecting evidence that I could do it without my cards, and the afternoon was just one last time. Almost like when you cram for a test, picturing what's on those cards so that even when they're out of my hands, I can still picture it. So once in the morning, one before. And I had been well prepared up to that point. From then on, I'm leaning on my faith that I'm being guided through this process and that I am prepared. And in the hour prior, I'm doing prayer and meditation. And I actually, this might not be the thing for everyone, but like two hours prior, I did a 10 minute kind of mini workout, not enough that like I need to shower after, but enough to get my nervous energy out and to get my blood pumping. Because it's like the second half of the day, I'm starting to crash a little bit and feel a little tired. I want to be energized, not just on adrenaline alone, but because I'm actually naturally energized. And then I stretch. And during the stretch, I'm doing prayer. And then I do meditation, deep breathing, way over oxygenating my lungs, like Get it deep in there so that when I take the stage, I am in this space of like breathing deeply. Also, that morning, I take one milligram, one milligram, I hope you hear that clearly, of melatonin. Now, a couple things about melatonin. I could do a whole episode of melatonin. It is an incredible mineral. It's an incredible supplement. It's something your body naturally produces. It helps with your circadian rhythm and people think about it as a nighttime thing. It is. You can take it. It helps you sleep. But it's also really good for anxiety. And it's not enough. One milligram is not enough to make me sleepy. But melatonin actually helps combat the negative side effects of this massive cortisol dump that I'm getting when I'm stressed. And it helps reduce that anxiety. And you can actually take it more than once, like one milligram in the morning and maybe one in the afternoon. I don't take it like right before my talk or anything, but it's just really to kind of cut the nerves. And people are afraid of melatonin. They think, oh, you can get dependent on it for sleep. It's it's actually an incredible do your research. It's an incredible supplement to take. Your body naturally produces melatonin, and taking melatonin helps teach your body how to produce more of it on its own. And it's also a cancer-frighting supplement. So do your research. Don't just listen to the media. That's a bad idea. GABA, G-A-B-A, is also another great supplement, something that your body also produces naturally to help. Create more of the happy hormone serotonin. I'm not a doctor. Check with yours. I go to a naturopath, and this is something they recommended. So I take GABA coupled like the week leading up to it and on the day of. It just, it's like super none of these things are drugs. Like these are super subtle, very healthy supplements for your body if it's the right thing for your body. And here's a big one. You guys aren't gonna like this. No caffeine. Now, I also know, like you don't wanna be detoxing from caffeine the day of your speech, like the first time that you decide to give up caffeine. I am currently caffeine free and leading up to a talk, I am drinking very minimal, if any. I'm I'm not drinking any and I didn't drink any, but you do not want to be jittery. Even if you're dead tired the hour before your talk, when you take that stage, adrenaline is gonna kick in trust me on this. You are not going to be dead tired anymore. You do not want adrenaline mixed with caffeine to get you through this talk. Instead, lean on the practices that I'm talking about, like the physical movement and stretching and getting some cardio in there, eating really clean, hydrating. Supplements like GABA will help with that. If you're going to have caffeine, have it in low doses and not right before your talk. Make sure that you're doing things to help calm yourself down like prayer and meditation or whatever it is that works for you. Go for a walk, do deep breathing, take an ice bath or a cold shower. That's going to help get your energy up. You could do things like dry brushing to help kind of wake your system up and get your lymphatic system to start draining and moving. So these are the things that I did leading up to my talk. And and this was one of the most confident ones I've ever given. I felt really good about it. I got tremendous feedback. I collected a lot of evidence for the next time. I got additional speaking opportunities out of this one. And you have to come up with your own practice. Like, this is your thing. I just wanted to share what worked for me. And I would probably do this this way again, but I'm always learning. Like, I'm learning from other leaders and other mentors. In my life, who are incredible speakers, and as I start to step into that speaking circuit more and more, I want to come up with my own system that I can lean on so that I can just feel confident and I can just show up and do my thing and focus on the message versus my nerves, the message versus worrying about if this is going to be good or not, or if I'm going to be delivering the way people need it. So I hope this helps. If it's something that speaks to you and helps serve you or your community, please share it. Please tag me. It means the world to me when you guys do that. I can't say it enough. Like, I am so grateful for this community, for this platform to serve. And if there's someone, a speaker you know, that you love and adore, will you send this to them? So that they can feel like they have stronger legs to stand on when they take that stage the next time. I want people to feel so confident in their craft. And I really think, and I'm confident that these tactics are things that will serve anyone taking any kind of stage, any level of stage. So share it with someone, tag them, let me know who they are so I can celebrate them and go watch their talks and learn from them too. Thank you so much, guys. Have an amazing rest of your day. So if you want to be entered into our Luminary of the Week drawing, then comment, save, and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.